0: Here at Exxon, we hate the world. We've crunched the numbers and know the hotter the Earth gets, the more money we make. Wind and solar? Nice try, hippie. Climate chaos? Not a problem for us. We're designing elevated mansions, deep water boarding schools, and domed shopping malls on the moon.
1: Want to stop us? We'd like to see you try.
0: ExxonHates.com
1: Paid for by com. Yes.
0: <laughs> Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up. Wake and up. And be healthy, and therefore wealthy, to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community, Spirits. My name is Tree Song.
1: And this is Ord to Energy Mon.
0: Yeah. As you may have guessed, that was a little parody there. That was Uh Now, we don't know if Exxon actually hates the world, but, I mean, a lot of the stuff they do is harmful to the world. So, so there it is. They have some more info on that at com.
1: Well, if you want to make a lot of money, I heard you had to just screw over something.
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently. So. At least that's what a- uh, Exxon believes.
1: So... Speaking of screwing over something, much-anticipated fracking rules are out. This is via the net. After more than a year of waiting, rules for the controversial drilling method high-volume hydraulic fracturing, known as fracking, are out. The Illinois Department of Natural Resources released the 150-page final report on the new rules. Now, are we the only state that actually has rules?
0: Oh, there are a couple, I forget exactly, I mean.
1: I mean, they brag that we have the strictest rules in any, now most of the states have banned it outright.
0: Yeah, well, or, it's, it's it's funny that how like- I any... don't know
1: about most of the states I'm yeah. coming up, you know. A yeah. lot of places.
0: There have are, it. yeah, it's generally locations, like local cities, counties that ban it. And, I mean, it was funny. I forget where it was, somewhere else, some other state. I saw them also saying we have the best regulations on fracking in the country. That's what they always claim because they want to get away with what they're doing. That's
1: like we have the best regulation of uranium bomb making in the country, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like so.
0: We make sure uh, that it's all very efficient.
1: <laughs> back to the news: the final version allegedly tightened up regulations on chemicals and storage containers used, along with urging more transparency during the permitting process. The public will have the opportunity to comment on and attend public hearings where a fracking site is proposed. Wait, I thought there already are like doing permitting and fracking. Yeah, and yet here it says the public will have the opportunity to comment on.
0: Yeah, well, and theory, the ten
1: public hearings.
0: Yeah, I mean, the things that actually fall under the new legislation. One thing they're doing is trying to get things under the radar by doing slightly less than the uh, regulation regulates. You know, like the regulation will say thirty thousand, three hundred thousand gallons, and they'll do less than that, so uh-huh. they don't get regulated. What? <laughs> they're sneaky. You got to uh, wh- keep your eyes on them.
1: No, they're oily.
0: They're oily. <laughs> It's just slick.
1: Fracking opponent Will Reynolds of Illinois South, an environmental advocacy organization, said that while he agrees the new rules improve on the original set, it doesn't stop the fact that the original law is flawed. Quote, we saw fracking law passed, rushed through the legislation with less than an hour of debate. Reynolds said, I hope JCAR will reject these rules and give the General Assembly a chance to go back to the drawing board. End quote. The report goes before the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules, the JCAR, which has 45 days to approve or reject the new regulations. The committee can also extend the deadline for another clarification for another 45 days. For more information, visit dnr.illinois.gov. To contact the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules, That is ilga.gov slash commission slash jcar or you can just call direct at 217-785-2254. And if you didn't have time or um, photographic memory or phonographic memory, um, you may email us info at your community spirit and I can send you all the information we talk about and you can let us know if you want to receive it every week.
0: Yes. You can Cause we
1: try to resend it out as kind of like a newsletter format.
0: Yeah. You can get all the dirt from us. <laughs> and that's important to let people know that people can still comment on it because there's not currently like an official public comments period, but this committee, JCAR, is reviewing it right now for 45 days. So you can contact them and say, Hey, I'm concerned about these rules that you're reviewing. And you can try to, you know, let them know what you think about them.
1: Well, I, we have seen a uh, public, um, comment sway uh project with the solar project here in town yeah you know even though um you know it was before a committee and the committee was for it public comment came out and they delayed it and so it's been delayed well over a year now based on public comments yeah
0: and that can happen with this too you know all right so another news this is a big one BP's recklessness caused Gulf oil spill. U.S. Wait. judge rules. It's <laughs> they, like they figured it out. <laughs> it's just like yeah. <laughs> good job, judge. You good figured job. Out. <laughs> How many years later? Yeah. It's
1: like and 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 the best part is. It was like they planned it. They planned it on Earth Day. (laughs) It was like, anyway. Yeah.
0: I mean, we still haven't heard the full story of what happened on that day. Maybe they were celebrating Earth Day and somebody pressed the wrong button. (laughs) But yeah, BP's recklessness caused the Gulf oil spill. A U.S. judge has ruled that BP's recklessness caused 2010s. See, that's four years, according to my math. (laughs) It took them four years to figure this out. It caused the massive Gulf of Mexico oil spill. And this decision is a move that could cost the company billions. Earlier this week Halliburton, the company in charge of sealing the completed Deepwater Horizon well that spewed millions of gallons of oil into the Gulf agreed to pay one point one billion dollars to settle claims arising from its negligence. Okay,
1: one point one billion sounds like a lot of money, but I wanna know like how many hours of profit that is. Yeah. I think there should be a fine that the fine should be based on, you know, I don't know, a year's worth of profit or something. (laughs) Yeah. You know. So that it's a significant dent in a company's, you know, desire to continue to pollute.
0: Yeah, well, they'd be in trouble then. (laughs) And then they they wouldn't give campaign contributions to whichever politician proposed that. (laughs) That's how the system works. So, yeah, this judge, U.S. District Judge Carl Barbier, will now hold a penalty phase to decide how much BP will pay company may face as much as $18 billion in civil penalties under the Clean Water Act, according to the Wall Street Journal. Now, again, like you were saying, to people like you and I, that's a lot of money. But to the corporations, that might be just a drop in the bucket.
1: Well, a drop in the barrel. Now, here's the the best part is federal officials estimate that nearly 4.9 billion barrels of oil spilled. And BP says, no, it was only 3.7 million barrels, you know, and that's like, you know, billions of dollars of difference. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, they probably got a big incentive to to say that it spilled less because then there's, there, there's less harm that they've supposedly done. So they're exaggerating. Oh, like one barrel spilled. <laughs> you imagine the rest.
1: BP says it strongly disagrees with the decision and will appeal the ruling. And if they follow the tradition of ExxonMobil, who still hasn't paid I'm going to bring that up as much as I can because, yeah. and I could be wrong. Eventually, someone's going to say, "Well, they finally secretly yeah. paid." <laughs> uh, Exxon Mobil still hasn't paid for the Exxon Valdez oil spill in 1989. Yeah. Now, what they did is they they figured out ways to not pay for anything.
0: Yeah, because they you know. keep just fighting it and doing other measures to delay it. Yeah. And it's that's part of why this ExxonHates.com caught my eye, is because I was just reading about BP's decision against it. And then I saw Exxon hates, and I was like, oh, yeah, Exxon still hasn't paid. They got a finding against them, and they still haven't paid for what they did.
1: I mean, they're basically saying, you can't prove that we had gross negligence. Yeah. There was negligence. There's you negligence. You know, it wasn't gross, and I was like, it's oil. It's yeah. very gross. <laughs> it's
0: very gross. That's some gross <laughs> oil in the ocean there.
1: It's just like, man, so slick and oily.
0: Yeah. You know you're in good shape as a corporation when your defenses. Is- it was totally negligence, but it wasn't gross negligence.
1: <laughs> just like, it was just like, yeah, we screwed up, but we didn't screw screw up.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Southwest drought could last a generation or more. Last summer 2014, late summer 2014 has brought uncomfortable news for residents of the U.S. Southwest, And I'm not talking about the 109-degree heat in population centers like Phoenix. That's normal. <laughs> Just like. yeah. A new study by Cornell University, the University of Arizona, and the U.S. Geological Survey researchers looked at the deep historic record and the latest climate change models to estimate the likelihood of major droughts in the southwest over the next century. The results are as soothing as a thick wool sweater in a midsummer desert hike Ah, uh, on somebody else. <laughs> Just yeah. so the researchers concluded that the odds of a decade-long drought are at least 80%. The chances of a mega drought, one lasting 35 or more years, stands at somewhere between 20 and 50%, depending on how severe climate change turns out to be. And the Presence for an unprecedented 50 year mega drought, one worse than anything seen during the past 2000 years, checks in at a non-trivial 5 to 10%. Yeah.
0: That's a lot of drought. It reminds me of a phrase that's often used in the climate action movement of the, the new normal. It's getting to the point where climate is changing, you know, we're not just pro- projecting it for the future now it's already happening and so we're getting these cases where in terms of storms these hundred year storms as they call them will come once every couple of years now and the same happens with droughts these crazy droughts that were like maybe recorded a couple times in history they're going to start happening every five years every ten years
1: well that's the thing is climate change doesn't mean The climate completely changes. It means when it rains, instead of rains for, you know, two or three days, you get that same amount of rain in an hour.
0: Yeah. When it rains, it pours. Yeah. And that's part of what contributes to drought, you know, because if, you know, you have a little bit of rain every day, then you're not going to get a flood or a drought probably.
1: Well, yeah, if it, like, drizzles, it has time to soak in. But if it rains really hard, it doesn't soak into the soil and it just drains and goes in and leaves.
0: Yeah. So you get drought and erosion, which is a good a good job for your <laughs> agricultural efforts. So, yeah, that's definitely big news because, you know, Southwest, a lot of people live there. And, you know, when you include California, which we're just about to talk about, there's a lot of food that comes from California. So droughts there affects the world. Speaking of California, though, this California bill will make electric cars way less pretentious.
1: Aren't you supposed to say
0: pretentious? Pretentious, oh my. Finally, electric cars are for everybody, and not just for the snooty, the Prius driving set. California's legislators just just passed a first-of-its-kind bill that would up the number of electric cars on the state's roadways by increasing their availability to disadvantaged and low-income drivers. Now, this is one of those sort of issues I've heard talked about both as environmental justice and as a challenge for trying to make a transition away from fossil fuels. Oh,
1: well, the same thing happens with solar. I mean, yeah, it's like the it's people who really need it can't afford it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to make that initial investment when you're just trying to pay for food. So this program is addressing that. The Charge Ahead California Initiative, SB127S, sponsored by Senator Kevin DeLeon, would put at least a million zero-emission and near-zero-emission cars on California roads by January 2023. Governor Jerry Brown has until the end of September to sign it. If passed, the bill would phase out the state's current clean vehicle rebate, which is $2,500 for an electric car, for people who can probably afford a clean car already, even without help from the government. Instead, more than more than 72,000 California residents have received this electric car rebate so far, which has been $1.5 million. But instead of this, they would help subsidize clean vehicles for low-income drivers, Here's from the Los Angeles Times, reports, A family of four with an annual household income of $53,000 could bundle state incentives toward the purchase of a cleaner vehicle. Family could get $1,500 for retiring a high-polluting vehicle, along with the existing $2,500 rebate for buying an electric car. And low-income families could also qualify for an additional $3,000 incentive for a clean-air vehicle. So that adds up. You know, you get... I kinda like that. You get a bonus for taking the dirty vehicle off the road, and you get a bonus for buying a clean air vehicle, and you get a bonus for being poor, you get help buying the vehicle.
1: Oh, and you get another incentive if you live in a neighborhood that's high pollution.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so so if, if you're right now, if you're a poor person living in a highly polluted neighborhood, which a lot of poor people do, then you get all these bonuses to convert to clean energy.
1: And I mean alternatively you could Um, retire your polluting car and then get $3,000 in, um, what do you call it, credit for public transport passes or car-sharing memberships. Yeah. So that's like even another one. So if you retire your old car without buying a new car, they'll give you a a credit towards um, riding mass transit and a car-sharing program.
0: Yeah, and that's really good too, cause I mean, we tend, a lot of people tend to think of cars, you know, cleaner cars as the solution, but you can also take buses, you can take trains, you can take bicycles. They basically want to encourage anything that involves not driving highly polluting fossil fuel vehicles.
1: Yeah. So equal access to, it says electric cars, I was, but I think it's more like equal access to reducing pollution. Yeah. So clean air.
0: Clean air and clean
1: transportation. Nutrition, the environment, and poverty. Let's talk. You may be numb to it by now, but if you haven't noticed, we're in the middle of yet another debate over diet. This time around, the low-fat philosophy is taking a beating. The argument is fascinating from a history of science perspective, But totally irrelevant from a policy perspective, which is to say an actual solve real problems perspective. The diet wars are irrelevant because any of these diets works better than the American norm. (laughs) It's just like. Yeah, Yeah, the American
0: norm involves so much like, you know, junk food and fast food.
1: (laughs) The diet wars are irrelevant because low income people have a hard time affording anything other than a fast food diet. The diet wars are irrelevant because obesity is strongly and casually linked to poverty. I recognize it's kind of complicated, but want a diet for America that actually works? Forget about arguments over reducing carbs or flat fat, flats, <laughs> fats or gluten. Let's cut back on poverty. Cutting back on poverty is good for the environment, and when people can spend money... To feed themselves well, they can also pay farmers to invest in good land stewardship. That sounds nice. Yeah. But in real life, do we have practical means to cut back on poverty, improve nutrition, and support farmers? Yes, we do. It's called Double Up Food Bucks. It's been running for five years in Michigan, and there's money available through the Farm Bill to start similar programs elsewhere. Anyone interested in learning how this program works and how to kickstart something comparable is invited to join a Google Hangout on September 11th with people involved in various aspects of the program. If you would like to sign up, please send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we will send you the link to sign up. The double-up idea is very simple. If you are getting food stamps... And you can use them to buy locally grown fruits and vegetables. Double up will match whatever you spend. For example, if you spend $10, you can use it to buy $10 worth of ramen or $20 worth of farmer's market produce. Quote, it gives low-income families more money to pur- purchase local fruits and vegetables, and it also gives farmers more money in their pockets, and that money can then recirculate in their communities, said Oren Hesterman, CEO of Fair Food Network, which started double up.
0: Hmm, Yeah.
1: Did anybody who lives around here catch that? Because that would be phenomenal if we could do that around here.
0: Yeah. I I would like, yeah, I'd like to spread the word about this. I hope someone locally does go to this, Google Hangouts on September 11th. Because imagine if we had that here. I was very excited when the farmers' market started taking uh, SNAP food stamp payments because it helps the farmers. The farmers get to sell more food, well, and it helps m- the not people. both
1: of them do. Just the one, uh, the community farmers. market. Yeah, just market the
0: community market. farmers market. They on have the one of those of machines
1: town. where you can, you know, put your card in,
0: yeah.
1: and it puts out, prints out, um, what do you call it, coupons to ba- basically spend at the farmers. Yeah. You know, and so um, it is. I mean, it makes total sense. It's like the primary reason I shop at the farmers' market is because I'm fat. Does does that make any sense? No. I get more nutrition eating the local food, and therefore I eat less. Yeah. I'm satisfied, and I spend less money. So yeah. those all help my fatness.
0: Yeah, and it's a good deal for everybody, you know. It helps the people, it helps people get more bang for their buck in terms of buying their food. It helps them eat healthier, helps the farmers, helps the local economy. That's a great idea. I mean, I was, re- I'm really excited to see this. It would be really exciting to see it in Illinois too. And it doesn't have the chart here, but there's this chart of like in Michigan, uh, there's a lot more spending on farmers market than there is in a lot of the other leading states. And it might be because of this program. So. We'll see if it comes to Southern Illinois. You, you can help make that happen if you get involved.
1: <laughs> well, we didn't follow. Today's holiday is Be Late for Something Day. Both yeah. of us were like early this morning. Yeah, we were. We're usually yeah. like five minutes till and
0: Yeah, we're even earlier on time to get into the happenings. You know, it's 10-19 it's <laughs> and we're still... <laughs> we're, we're celebrating the opposite of Be Late for Something Day. I it's guess like we're late for being late.
1: <laughs> tomorrow is Fight Procrastination Day. So... You can be late for something today, and then fight procrastination, and then Sunday. What's Sunday? Well, Sunday I guess is just take the day off day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just, Sunday, you do whatever you're supposed to do Saturday.
1: Well, Saturday is read a book day and fight procrastination day.
0: But don't procrastinate on reading a book. Yeah, I've been reading every day now. It's been great. I fell out of the habit for a while, but you know, reading. How is do such you a fall way.
1: out of reading? <laughs>
0: Uh, you know, that's a good question. Now that I'm reading more again, I don't know how I fell out of it.
1: Well, probably you were reading a lot on the, like the internet. Yeah. And therefore that's... you were reading less book stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. You read like a, a five minute story instead of like a, a an entire novel or an entire nonfiction.
1: Well, Monday is International Literacy Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I do. Since we're talking about books a lot, I want to mention the book series I started reading. Uh, it's 40 Signs of Rain is the first book in the series. I don't remember the name of the author. Uh, it's a series about climate change. And it's, it's about scientists who are studying climate change and trying to figure out what to do about it. So it's all these different stories of several different groups of scientists and National Science Foundation, and they're trying to figure out how to influence policy to take action. So that's
1: that new genre of climate fiction?
0: Yeah, cli-fi.
1: The one the one I want to buy and I haven't bought it yet is uh I think it's called The Second After and it's like um uh an EMF wave? Is that what it's called where it's like a pulse goes out and knocks out all the electronics? Uh, yeah. And like how people survive afterwards. Huh. Yeah. So um
0: That sounds like an interesting one.
1: Yeah, but right now it's like full price on the <laughs> internet. So I'm like
0: <laughs> Yeah. Maybe it'll go on sale.
1: Um Let's see. Monday is Pardon Day. Tuesday is Teddy Bear Day. Wednesday is Sewing Machine and Swap Ideas Day. That'd be a good idea to get together a group of people and make some stuff.
0: Yeah. Swap Ideas about sewing.
1: It's like...
0: And Thursday is Make Your Bed Day and 9-11 Remembrance Day. Um, and you can make your bed to be sure you get out of bed on 9-11 Remembrance Day. <laughs> So is anything happening in the local community? Anything going on?
1: Well, I guess I know right now that one thing that our radio station is sponsoring is the Carbondale Rocks revival. Yeah. It's like forty different artists in a whole bunch of genres all over town. And if you pick up the nightlife, it will have like all the different bands. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal thing. That's what one of the reasons I love Carbondale is all the music. Yeah, also. there's so much
0: going on this weekend. You can't even see it all. You know, they'll have two things going on at once. It's, yeah, just like it's so much excitement going on.
1: Well, the it. thing is, you can get a pass for all of them. Yeah. So you don't have to pay for every place. If you wanted to, you could just get a you know weekend pass. Yeah. And just party hop.
0: Yeah, you can be like, oh, I'm going to call in on Monday. I'll just, <laughs> just go to the parties all day this weekend.
1: Um so that's in the evening during the day is the farm fall crawl or the fall farm crawl. Um more information is at neighborhood.coop. It is 18 farms across 4 counties and it's a self-guided tour but um on Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 6 p.m. there's there'll be fresh goods for sale and um basically, you know you take a cooler full of snacks and drinks and you drive around and check out different farms and then you buy stuff and you come back with a cooler full of goodies from the farm yeah it's a you good know. plan um you can pick up one of these little booklets that has all the different farms um or I guess you can go to neighborhood dot co op and what do you call it? You do have to register um and you can pick which ones i mean. There's a couple a couple of wineries. Um, let's see.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't realize it, but the food and the wine and all the other things we get, it comes from somewhere.
1: It's <laughs> just like,
0: and now you get to see where it comes from. It's beyond the shelf, beyond the back storeroom. There's actually a farm out there that grows the food you're eating. Now's and, your chance to see. And
1: it. I mean, some of them are, you know. Rate in Carbondale, there's a few. I mean, there's the SIU Sustainable Vegetable Farm. Oh, yeah. That 80% of the vegetables they grow goes to the SIU Dining Hall. Yeah. The other 20% they sell at the farmer's market.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And so there are a few, um, quite a few. I'm just flipping through here. I see here's two more that are in Carbondale. So, I mean, if you didn't even want to drive long distance, but... This would be fun. You'd you know, take a cruise out, go to some of the farms, stop at some of the wineries, view some of the nature, yeah. And oh, don't forget the eating the food part.
0: Yeah, eating the food. <laughs> it's like, well, always an important part.
1: So the Farm Fall Crawl, Saturday and Sunday, self guided tour from one to six p.m.
0: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Neighborhood Co-op. <clears throat> All right, some other happenings this weekend. We've got the this is the National Weekend of Action against uh, AETA. It's coming uh, Friday through Sunday of this week. The Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois is partnering with the Carbondale Animal Rights Action Team to raise the issue of the criminalization of dissent, which affects political activism in many realms. Public's invited to attend a workshop and discussion on this Friday night, tonight, and the speakers at the The discussion tonight will address the Animal Enterprise Terrorism Act, which labels activists as terrorists, which is a chilling reality that's a threat to everyone's rights. So this is, the workshop is coming up tonight at Guy House Interfaith Center at 6.30 PM. I'm actually going to be one of the speakers. There are going to be a few other speakers talking about how, you know, when you treat activism as a form of terrorism, it's a very dangerous thing because, you know, anybody who is protesting against What's going on can become labeled a terrorist, and that doesn't seem fair to me. So, that's coming up tonight at six thirty p.m. and then on Saturday at noon at the Town Square Pavilion, they're having their monthly vigil. This time with a focus on uh, criminalization of dissent.
1: So it says, activism isn't terrorism.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's I don't consider it terrorism to speak out about trying to protect animals or trying to protect the climate or trying to protect our fellow humans from war. That's just a very peaceful thing to do.
1: How many of our listeners do you think are actually out of town?
0: That's a good question.
1: Um, I did want to mention that the Climate March is in Chicago right now. It's marching across the country. Oh, yeah. And there's a bunch of uh, happenings and events. Saturday they'll actually be marching officially through Chicago.
0: Yeah, That's the march. They're marching on their way to the East Coast, right? Correct. The other one. Yep. So they just passed through Iowa recently.
1: Yep. So if you're in Chicago and you want to hype up, because I I'm trying to not tell people to go to climate things. (laughs) I was like, if you're there, do it.
0: If you're not, you can do stuff here. You're
1: right, but I'm trying to say, you know, but I mean, basically, there's a very large. I guess it's next weekend is the big climate rally in you know our nation's capital. Yeah. And so a lot of people are going there and so uh, a lot of people have decided to not go there v- via vehicle. Yeah. They're actually walking. They're walking. Yeah. And so that's what the climate march is.
0: They've walked from the West Coast and they walk into DC yeah, and so. New York and So yeah.
1: Carbonell Community Farmers Market. Saturday, 8 till noon, at the Carbondale Community High School. It's so awesome we have all this community. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're your community spirit on your community radio talking about the Carbondale Community Farmers Market at the Carbondale Community High School. Yeah. <laughs> we are part of the community.
0: We are. <laughs> just like... It's strange to think there's places you go and it's not like that. You don't know where your food comes from. You don't know your music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so...
0: So, yeah, we also have coming up Disrupted Film Showing, coming up on Sunday at 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Disruption's a fast-paced journey through the tangled world of climate change, the science, the politics, the solutions, and the stories that define this crisis at this pivotal point in human history. It's about an hour long, and it ends with a call for viewers to join the People's Climate March on September 21st.
1: Again, that's, you know... um I was wrong. It's not our nation's capital. It's actually, people will, world leaders will be gathered in New York City for a landmark UN climate meeting. Yeah. And so the idea is, you know, usually um, the climate meetings aren't in the U.S. And so this time they are, so we want to focus our attention and let them know that we care.
0: Yeah. And that's and something so- you can do locally, too. If you're not going to New York, you can do events here in Carbondale.
1: Well, and the thing is, is this is unprecedented collaboration. Over a thousand businesses, union, faith groups, schools, social justice groups, environmental groups are all working together yeah. to let the UN know that this is something that's affecting us all.
0: Yeah, and it's, I would really be excited to see that happen in southern Illinois, too. Like all of the businesses, the faith groups, the activist groups, to all come together and talk about climate as well. This is a good opportunity for that.
1: And again, the Climate March is in Chicago right now. Um, otherwise, if you would like, it's peoplesclimate.org slash march.
0: Yes. Oh, and here's a good happening. We just talked about this, the SIU Sustainable Vegetable Farm. They're having a campus market on Wednesdays from noon to 4 p.m. at the Fainter Breezeway and at the Egg Building. The campus markets are here. The local organic gardening initiative of Carbondale will be selling their produce at two locations this semester. All the produce is student-grown at student-friendly prices. For more information, you can contact Logicsiu at gmail.com. Or you can show up on Wednesday.
1: And we do want you to mark your calendar for the 6th Annual LGBTQ Pride Picnic next Sunday, not this Sunday. Otherwise... This is a great weekend to get out and visit some farms, visit southern Illinois and visit every place in town for music. Yes. So look up neighborhood.coop for the farm crawl and pick up the nightlife for all the music all over town. Yes. Which is brought to you by our community radio station too. So.
0: Yes. So.
1: Carbondale Rocks
0: Revival. Carbondale Rocks Revival because Carbondale Rocks. And we may see you out there at some of those events. And if we don't, we'll see you here next week on the radio.